After 18 years of loyal service, club legend Mark Noble has revealed that next season will be his last as a West Ham player. Ethan and I discussed Noble's career and retirement plans, as well as our games against Leeds and Manchester United. All of this and more to come on the Talking Irons podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Talking Irons podcast. My name is Jack Hobbs and I'm joined as always by my co-host Ethan. How are you doing, Ethan? Uh, I'm good, Jack. You? Yeah, mate, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. It's been a busy week really, in terms of West Ham United, uh, the future of the club and we've got two games to really go over this week. We've got the Leeds United game and this week's uh, away fixture against Manchester United on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said that, I reckon we start off with the Leeds game. Um, I'm going to quickly tell you my thoughts about that. I personally, um, I thought we were quite lucky, if, if you're asking me anyway. We played all right, but we were very lucky to not be 2 nil down within eight minutes and VAR was on our side for both times. Um, we just didn't seem to switch on early enough. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree, mate. I think we were definitely lucky to get away with it in the opening 10 minutes where the Leeds could have, well, kind of could have gone 2-0 up. For me, though, that call, the first uh, VAR call for me is a bit dubious. I'm going to say we got really lucky with that one. Because I, I, I'd give that as a goal. I, I would 100% give that a goal. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think thought it's that, um, the perfect... Because yeah, yeah. we've seen it time and time again now with VAR and those offside decisions. It's kind of not clear and obvious at the moment, as they keep no, saying yeah. it is. And we've seen... I uh, saw an article... Saw an article the other day. I can't give my words out this week. I uh, <laughs> saw an article the other day uh, about the Dutch system that they use. Yeah. So whereas we have Finland's, they have like a five centimetre like line kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And so if the two lines touch, that means like the goal is given or whatever. Okay. And it's quite a well, good I'd... system. It's I think I'll it's... Have a look at that because I don't really know much about that. Yeah, I'll have to have a look myself because I don't know much about it. I just saw it and I think. It's one of those tight ones, really. One of those tight calls. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I think it was so harsh on Leeds, and I think the goal definitely should have stood. We were very lucky that it was ruled out, but I'm, I'm not going to complain, obviously. Um, but yeah, we were very lackluster in the first, in the first, I'd say, opening twenty minutes. Would you say like they were all over us? I was, I was quite worried, to be honest, but. We did seem to switch on eventually, and um, we got the first goal through Jesse Lingard, who won a penalty after Luke Ayling took him down in the box. Did you think it was a penalty, first off? Uh, it's a soft one, but yeah, I'd, I'd say so. It's a penalty, yeah. I agree, yeah. I think it was a bit a bit soft, but obviously we're not going to... Not gonna, um, yeah. Well, we've seen a couple of penalty decisions this week, though, haven't we, like, in terms of... Yeah, Phil Foden should The Arsenal game, the handball incident... Um, then we saw it last night for the City game. We've seen it kind of. It's obviously it's just interesting the fact that Lingard's got won both penalties for us this season. I was about to say, do you think it's any coincidence that coincidence Man that United Loney has won us our only two penalties in this season? Yeah, and it's like he's proper mad, and you're like, yeah, is it really like it's kind of one of those? Is it a penalty? Is it not? You can look how it is. Some subjective. people say it's soft, some people say it's an actual stonewall penalty. Yeah. But well, anyway, the penalty was given and um, after bickering for the last penalty, 
Lingard did step up to take it this time. Oh, don't don't even get me started, Jack. I, I honestly, I wasn't happy with it because you could just tell from those run up he was going to miss, and obviously he did go and miss it. Um, but, but luckily for him, Melier um, forced it back out to him, and he got the rebound and stuck it away. So it's a bit unlucky. Lucky. It's a bit unlucky if you had him in the fantasy team because he got minus two points for missing penalty. Oh yeah, luckily I had him on the bench. So. Yeah, needless to say, he's not taking the next penalty and Declan Rice will be back on him. So, Especially after Moyes has given me a... Yeah, Moyes, Moyes has given him an airport, apparently. So. <laughs> oh, that was... Yeah, I, I don't understand. If someone's the penalty taker and they scored the last one, why why did they get taken off it? Yeah. It's just not how it should work, to be honest. But um, yeah, so we got got the goal, first goal of the game. And we did seem to switch on a bit more after that. And then we got a quick second through Craig Dawson, the uh, <laughs> blue passport Beckenbauer. So a good uh, good corner from Cresswell. And Dawson was just completely free in the box. And he just smashed his header home to make it 2-0. Uh, great header. He's a, it was he's great, a great header. header. We've seen it time and time again this season. was going from set pieces and particularly crosses into the box as well. And yeah. I think it's just how we kind of playing at the moment, trying to get the ball in, trying to work in our set piece. And I think that's what Moyes has done perfectly since coming in. We've kind of been stronger at set pieces. 100%. We've turned into like a ton of the... We've turned into one of the most deadly teams from set pieces this season. I think we've oh, scored 100%. the most goals from from corners, um, free kicks this year, I believe. So, yeah, Moyes has done very well in transforming us into a very... Like he's done well into transforming us into a threat from set pieces, hasn't he? Um, but Daw- Dawson played really well, I think, that game. I think definitely deserved man of the match. He then was denied a double by the post just a um, couple minutes later, and he made a last ditch tackle in the second half to keep the uh, keep the clean sheet for us. Yeah, I thought Dawson had Dawson for me was man of the match, hands down. Yeah, definitely. I think he's coming and he's solidified that defence more, as we mentioned in previous weeks. And I think he's kind of that no-nonsense centre-back that we've needed for like a couple of years now, I feel. Yeah. And obviously, it looks like we're going to sign him permanently. I think he plays a couple more games, but we'll speak about that later. Yeah. And I think him and Diop have looked terrific these last couple of weeks since Ogbonne got injured. But I kind of feel sorry for Balbuena in a sense because he was kind of... A, Part of the first team at the start of the season, weren't it? And then, yeah, then Dawson came in. Then Dawson came in in that FA Cup game and was really solid at the back. And I think it's kind of just, it's just a weird one. It's kind of, he's in a, I feel kind of sorry for him because he's obviously been forced out of the squad due to injury and also due to the COVID 19 situation that he had. Yeah. And I think now that Diop's worked his way in and he's performing too a good standard at the moment and he's performing to equal measures that we saw him perform when we first signed him. I think that centre-back partnership has to be, it's it's just a tough one. And I think it is a very, very strong centre-back partnership. And it's going to be, I'm wondering if, though, if Ogbonna comes back, if he'll actually slip back into there. Because the way yeah. that Diop and Ogbonna have been performing, not Ogbonna, Diop and Dawson even, if he'll actually make his way back into there. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Dawson and Diop have been 
sublime really in defence for the last couple of games. And we haven't, not that we don't miss Ogbonna, but we haven't missed him because they've been playing so well together. And um, yeah, it's going to be difficult for Ogbonna to, not difficult to fight his way back in, but I don't think he should immediately come back in because they've been playing so well together. But he's going to have a little fight on his hands to get his place back because if they keep this form up, then it's going to be difficult for him. But I don't think we're going to have to worry about that for a while. We might as well speak about that now because Ogbonna's had a setback in his uh, injury recovery. He got out of his cast and um, he's obviously done something and he's going to be out for another four weeks, which is gutting, really. Um, Yeah, it's a shame and a massive blow for us, but fingers crossed he can recover from it and get back as soon and as soon as he can, really. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a uh, it's a real shame because he's up there as one of the, I'd say one of the best centre backs outside that big six really, and outside the top six at the moment, or well, in top six at the moment. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Outside I the top, he's top one six. of the best centre backs that we've signed really in the Premier League era. I think yeah. he's actually the best centre back we've signed, and I think. I would agree. I would agree. As you mentioned, it's going to be difficult for him over these next four weeks, knowing that he's missing out, and I think. It's one of those, would you, because I'm going to ask you an honest question now, with he's like, obviously he's injured and he's 32 now and he's getting on a bit, would you look to bring in a centre-back who's going to be playing regular first-team football like he has? So basically I'm asking, would you possibly look at selling or going to come this summer or no, if he's no. injured, keep up or... Not I, know this sounds, year. I know that sounds a silly, ridiculous question. Yeah, but... I, I understand what you mean. I think next year is the year we should be looking yeah, to do think, that. Depending uh, on how he gets on, how his fitness is, and if he can. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Injury. I really hope we do keep Balbuena though, as you were saying. I think. I can't see it though. I can't. I can't no, see it. Yeah. I feel sorry for him. because every time he hits form, something happens. Either someone replaces yeah. him, or he gets injured, and been irritating because he's a really good player and um, I, d- I do hope that he stays because if we do get Europa League he'll definitely be playing for us next season because we'd need that rotation 100% we do need that rotation I think obviously we've got Alves coming through and uh, Cardozo or Basel depends if he comes back but we don't know if Alves is going to yeah. be that good whereas we know Balbuena will be yeah. we will need to get a centre-back that's going to replace him If I'd rather just sign I'd rather give Balbuena a new contract and let him play next year. And then if he wants to go afterwards, we can get rid of him and then Alves yeah, give him a one-year deal or two years, would you say? Yeah, I'd give him a two-year deal and then we can still get a transfer fee from him. Yeah. We pay that much for him, I believe. I think we paid around four or five million for him. So he was pretty much a pretty good bargain, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes like back to, obviously, Brazil, as you mentioned, possibly Corinthians. But yeah. We'll see what I'd happens with him. i see him in the MLS or something like that. Yeah, I could see him in the MLS. But anyway, it was the yeah, the game did end two 0 to uh, to West Ham. We didn't play particularly well, but as Rice said in his pre match interview, we are learning to win ugly, and that's only a good thing to be honest. Yeah, it is. We did notice that. I think Rice and Lingard said that they were very disappointed with the performance, and um, I think that's a great attitude from both of them because we still won. Obviously, that's the good thing, but. They want to improve and they want to keep the squad ticking and keep the good performances up. So I think that was very good leadership from both of them. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's that's terrific to hear the fact that they're hungry and 
we've not really seen it in the past from like West Ham players saying we're putting bad performance. And I think David Moyes wants us to stick to that, stick to the philosophy of we can win every game. And I think that's really, even when we lost to Man City, Moyes and Rice and all the players came out on social media saying that's a really good performance we put in, even though we lost. And the fact that they can, they've noticed that they're putting in good performances and that philosophy and that mentality going into games and coming out of them is really good to see. And I really like to see, I really like to see players knowing that they've had bad performances despite winning by two goals, that they've had a bad performance and not been at their best. That's good to see. And it shows mentality, positive mental attitude going into games and coming out of them as well. Yeah, definitely, because we're not always going to have great games and we are going to lose games. Yeah. But as long as players know where they've gone wrong and they can improve from it and they accept that, then there's no reason. It just helps as a team, really, doesn't it? And there's no reason why they can't improve from it. How did you think Rice played on Monday? Because I, did, I, don't, I don't think he played to his best, but he played well, but I don't think he played at his best. I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think he played all right, yeah, but I don't think he was at his... Yeah, as you say, but he wasn't bad by any stretch. And I feel like he kind of has those good games and he has his brilliant games. But I think Monday was possibly one of his average ones. Yeah, I don't I don't think Rice I don't think I've ever seen really a bad performance from Rice that I can remember anyway. I might I might be forgetting something, but he always seems to put out a like a seven or an eight out of ten. Yeah, 100%. So uh, an average performance is quite a rare occurrence yeah. from last, to be honest. Well, a clean sheet's a clean sheet at the end of the day. Clean sheet's a... Yeah, and we've got the three points, so that's the most important clean thing. Clean sheet, that's the most important thing. Um, moving on, I think we're going to move on to the transfer section of the podcast, and we are going to start off with some quite sad news for, for us anyway. Um Martin Noble signed a new contract extension, um, which will see his deal end in uh, 2022, but he has confirmed that next year will be his last season as a West Ham player. So, yeah, um, it's going to be sad to see our captain go after 18 long years at the club. And yeah, it's going to be such a different, it's going to be different without him, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, mate. And I think it's just, he's been here for so long. And I think it's, he it brings a positive atmosphere to the club, doesn't he? Yeah, his leadership. And I think his leadership. Is, and I think Rice is the perfect person to take over from his captain. 100%. He's kind yeah. of a passing to the torch of the next generation. The next generation of players. It's kind of, he's kind of, we've kind of seen the early things that we saw. In Mark Noble, when he was a youngster coming through, yeah, on with Rice, we've seen that leadership and the fact that Rice, at age of 21, is captain of a Premier League side and playing 150 games or however many he's played yeah, shows yeah, how true. great of a player he is. And I think what annoys me is when people can't see that and can't see that mentality of he's played 150 games at the age of 21 and he's captain of the club. Agreed. Yeah, Rice will definitely be the perfect replacement for Noble, but 100%. I think we've just got to enjoy our last year 
have missed the West Ham while we can, to be honest. It's, it's going to be very, very strange not having a West Ham side with Noble in it. Um, but I think it's for the best, really. I think it's for the best. It's, it's, I think it's he's the right time. What, to 33, do. 32, 33 now. Might be all three years old, I think. And I think getting to that age, he's done well to be keeping up with his fitness all these years. And I think the fact that he's going out as a one club man, really, despite having spells at um, football, isn't see that. Yeah, he had a loan spot hole in Ipswich, but football isn't going to have another one club player for a very, very long time. And I think the only other player who I could realistically see at another club for the rest of his career is Marcus Rashford, really. And I think he's kind of yeah. in that generation of players and maybe Phil Foden as well. Potentially. But it's that category of players who will spend most of their careers at that at one club. Yeah, no, it's... um. I think we were saying this before. Do you think that he would have retired this year had fans been in the stadium. Yes, I think he would have done because I think going out on this season would have been the perfect way to go out for him. And look how we played the season, I think. Come the last game of the season, I think he'd have got a huge amount of applause. And I think I think it's possibly the best time for him to retire this season would have been the best time even. Yeah. And next season next season is a good choice on these factors that we have at the moment, the situation that we have with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think retiring next season is the best choice for him overall. Yeah, I agree. He needs, he deserves a proper send off. He's a club legend and he deserves it. So I think we're going to open a can here and raise it and have a little toast to Martin Noble. I'll do the same. The Nobes. Cheers to Nobes. But we'll move on to another contract as well, Jack. Uh, Lucas Fabianski has extended his contract by a year, which is a positive Great. news to say we were discussing goalkeepers to replace him just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's great news for us. He's I I really do like Fabianski. He's one he's one of my favourite players. He's such a such a good goalkeeper. I would, in my opinion, I would say he's the best goalkeeper that I've ever seen West Ham have. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. I love in the him. Premier so League era, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's one of the best keepers I've ever seen at West Ham. He's been possible. I don't think I can count on one hand the amount of mistakes he's made. I, the only one that really comes to mind for me it's is against Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah. And the Chelsea free kick, possibly. Yeah, that as well, yeah. They're the only kind of mistakes that I've seen really made compared to um, <clears throat> a certain someone that we had last year. Uh, whose name no, no, who you're talking about, Ethan? We don't mention that name anymore. Um, like Voldemort, we just don't mention his name, do we? Yeah, he must not be named. Um, yeah, no, Fabianski since coming to us, and it's time at Swansea, he really cut out the mistakes that he used to make at Arsenal, where he gained the uh, nickname Flappy Hansky, but Flappy Hansky is no more. Um, yeah, our Polish Buffon is very much loved at West Ham. And, I think we're all buzzing that he signs a new contract extension. Let me, ask, let me ask you this, though. Would you be looking this summer for another goalkeeper? Because I think Randolph will be on his way out soon. Uh, Martin looks like he's not going to get a new contract. Would you sign a new goalkeeper this season to compete with Fabianski and potentially move Randolph on so that Trot could get a, a run in? Someone. And I've been thinking about this. I've, I've got a name to throw at you. 
Yeah. I think we discussed it before. Freddie Woodman at Swansea. I think we discussed it before, didn't we? I think we did briefly, Paul yeah. Long from um, Newcastle, young keeper, still got time to develop going forward. And I think yeah, have yeah. It, we need kind of that, we need a goalkeeper who's around 23, 24, 25 mark, don't we? For me personally, players I would be looking at, I would, the two that I comes to mind for me would be Ariola at Fulham and Sam Johnstone at West Brom. Those two I'd be very happy with. Yeah, Johnson looks like a solid keeper in his English as well, so we can kind of have him, have him for the homegrown player rules kind of thing, but also as like a backup to Fabianski. But yeah, I think obviously I backup. I think you'd compete with Fabianski for the yeah, yeah. say so. But I think Ariola's gonna be going Fulham because I think personally I think Fulham are gonna stay up because I think I think they they will stay up, but. Fulham will stay up because they've got an obligation to buy, haven't they? For um, yeah, I would still look at getting him though, uh, trying to pitch him off them. He he looks really good. I do. I'm, I really if like. Got an him. obligation to buy though, he will be going Fulham hands down. Yeah, true. true. But I guess we'll come to that when that um, when that comes. Obviously, um, moving on, we're going to talk about. <laughs> Maldini. Um, now we're going to talk about Craig Dawson. Um, it's come out that he is two or three appearances away from triggering a permanent um, deal with West Ham. So it's a clause in his contract when a certain amount of appearances he has to sign permanently. Um, and he will sign permanently for 2.2 million, I believe. Bargain. Absolute bargain. bargain. What a steal. There is not a single West Ham fan that wanted. Dawson. You know what, though, Jack? It would not surprise me if David Gall announces him signing with a photo of Sergio Ramos. I could see it happening, to be honest. But um, I mean, if he did it with a uh, Ogbonna and a uh, Obiang, uh, Obiang, yeah, you never know, David Gall. Yeah. Oh dear. But um, yeah, no. Um, what a signing for us. No one wanted him, and he's just completely shown all of us up. Fantastic, fantastic signing. Um, could probably be in with contention of signing of the season, to be honest. Speaking of signing of the season, I've, I've seen some things that apparently Gareth Southgate has been encouraged to consider taking Dawson to the Euros. I think that's according to the Athletic. Imagine Craig Dawson scoring the winner as South, England. All I'm going to say is Southgate, if he really is the one, pick Craig Dawson. I think I if Salvin really is the one, then he needs to give Noble a cap before he retires, in my opinion. So, I mean, well, Noble should have been given a cap about six, seven years ago. Too good for that. England, am I right? Exactly. He gave, he gave Rooney a call-up for literally no reason, just because so he could make his like 200th appearance. Didn't deserve it. So why not just give Noble one cap? Because he deserves it. Just one. That's all you need. One. Yeah. Bring him on for the last 10 minutes. Just one cap. That's all he needs. Yeah. I think we'll move on now to some potential targets and whatnot. So I think the first one I'm going to talk about is Josh Brownhill. We were interested last January, I believe. From um, He's from Burnley, but that was when he was at Bristol City. And then Burnley obviously won the race and signed him up. But yeah, I think if Burnley go down, if they don't go down, Brownhill would be a very good play. He looks like a very energetic midfielder that could be a very good backup to Rice and Suchek. What are your thoughts? Uh, I agree. I think he's been Burnley's best player this season. Yeah. 
Uh, he's been controlling that Burnley midfield all season. Burnley don't play like the best football, but yeah. defensively they are up there as kind of one of the best teams in terms of organising the defence. In Sean Dash has done a wonderful job, and I think Josh Brownhill's come in. Uh, obviously, Ashley Westwood, Jack Cork in that midfield, and kind of it didn't start as soon as they signed him. No, he had to like work his way in. A couple, like maybe a month to settle in. And that's kind of what Sean Dash does. But since then, he's been really impressive for me. Yeah, I agree. I think he shined in that midfield, and I don't think he would cost that much, to be honest. I think they'd want roughly around 10 to 15 million, and that's that's a good deal for. A Premier League player who's still fairly young, I think mid twenties he's in. So, yeah, that could be a good, good potential deal if that happens. Um, moving on to another target. This is a striker, obviously. We're still looking for a striker. Um, the latest, latest name to get linked with a move to West Ham is Flor- Florentina's young forward Dusan Vlahovic. The um, he's a twenty-one-year-old Serbian international. And he's had somewhat of a breakout season at Florentina. He scored nine goals and assisted one in Syria. Um, I've had a little look at him and he looks all right, but probably not someone we should be going for as our main striker. Target. Yeah, I can't really say much on him, to be fair. Yeah, I, like, I, I wrote a report on it. So if anyone wants to check that, obviously, look at, look at my Twitter. But he, he seems to be all right, and he's been likened to the, as the next Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which is obviously a fantastic compliment. But from, yeah, it's a bit of a risk, really, because I think they would want around £25 million for the player. And if that's the price fee they're asking, then there's so many other options that we could go for instead of him that would probably, they would, they would represent more value for money and that they have a higher likelihood of working out. Um He's someone that I agree we should definitely be keeping tabs on because you never know, he might have a scorching end to the season and end the season with 16 goals. And in that case, that would prime my interest maybe on a loan-to-buy move. But it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? And 100%. And someone that young. Yeah, it could easily be a fluke. But I will say on that, Forentina are having a bit of a stinky season and they... I think I believe they're languishing just above the relegation zone, really. He's their top scorer by a long way, so he is carrying that side at the moment. And at 21 years old, that's, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is, and I think we do need that youth. We discussed it last week. We need that youth to come in and kind of strengthen the side going forward. And speaking of youth who kind of made an impact on their seasons or kind of had an impact in recent years, we've been linked with Tammy Abraham as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we spoke about that last week, and there wasn't it wasn't official interest like there were rumours and everything, but it has been now has now been confirmed by ex West Ham United employee, which is a good sign, obviously. Um, it's good mates with Declan Rice, so you never know where that could go. I would be very very happy with signing Abraham. I think he's a great player, and yeah, I think he could suit us very very well personally. What are your thoughts on? Potential deal for him. Uh, I spoke about him in kind of in depth last year and last week even. I think he's the striker that we need. We yeah. need someone who can who can play as an all round striker, getting behind that defence and also score goals and head goals and be there in corners as well. 
but can also do like defensive contributions if we need to. Yeah. For me, it's a very, very strong signing and a very good prospect of a signing, as in he, he's got the talent there who could really flourish. I know Wolves were interested in him as well at one point. Yeah, they needed Villa, him. Villa wanted him like they had him alone. Yeah. So he's definitely got a bright future ahead of him. Obviously, Timo Werner's at Chelsea at the moment. I think there was rumours that they were going to try and go for Erling Haaland as well, who scored two goals the other night against Sevilla with another fine performance. So we'll just we'll just have to see what happens, really, yeah. in terms of that contract. Well, that transfer. Even. Yeah. Speaking of that game, actually, um, West Ham striker target Yusuf and Nesri scored two very good goals against... Dortmund, uh, it wasn't enough for Sevilla to go through, but they were very good goals. And and Nesri played very well. He's starting to starting to change my opinions on him. To be honest, he's starting to look like a very good striker. Not just because he scored those goals, well, that helps obviously. But I saw more of him last night, and he did look quite quite a good player. So we never we'll see where that leads. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Adam Armstrong as well. Obviously. We are quite strongly linked with the Blackburn player. And Tony Cotty came out a while ago and said that West Ham are looking at a big striker and a little striker for the summer. So you never know, Abraham and Armstrong or Tony and Armstrong, that could be phenomenal stuff, that really. But the main reason I'm talking about Armstrong today is the fact that another team has come into the race for him, apparently, and that team is Brighton Hove Albion. Um, I think we were speaking about this just before, and as we were saying, we he does look he does seem like a very Brighton type player, and you could you could definitely see him going there, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely could because obviously Brighton is struggling at the bottom. For me, I don't think they should be at the bottom because they play exciting. I think they've been playing good football under Graham Potter. And yeah, I agree. It's more there. They can't. Finish. For me, when I've seen them there, they can't finish. They don't seem to have that edge to them, and we yeah. saw it against Crystal Palace. A few weeks ago, where they, they dominated that game and they dominated the Palace. I can't. I, I was watching that. I couldn't believe they lost. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I I used to dislike Brighton quite a bit because obviously they team. always beat us and Glenn Murray. But since like realizing that that was just immature, <laughs> I've um I've just started to I've really grown to like them. To be honest, they play really exciting stuff, and I do enjoy watching them whenever they're on TV. But yeah, I, I, think I could if, see Brighton going there. Well, I hope that we've compared to go on, sorry, mate. Compared to teams like at the bottom end of the table in recent years, I think they've got like minus eight goal difference. Yeah, which, which isn't, which should not be. That's not relegation kind of no goal difference, is it? It's more mid-table goal difference. Yeah, I would agree. Um... And I think it's the fact that you just can't finish. They can defend and stuff. And I just think it's there. They're just not scoring goals. Yeah, they've got a lot of good players in that team. They just can't finish. Mope has not had a great season. Connolly hasn't done that well either. Well, they, they just need someone to come into their squad and help jump in the attack. So. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of strikers, with things not going well, I'm going to speak about Danny Ings. Obviously, I was very, very keen on Danny Ings to for West Ham to sign him up. I've started to be put off slightly because it's, it seems that the Englishman is now injured again, which is not good for him. And it has sort of made me realise, <laughs> to, to your delight, that 
if we do sign him, then that is probably what is going to happen. He's just going to get injured again. Yeah. Um, we don't need someone like that. It's it's a shame because I think he's a phenomenal player and he's a fantastic finisher. Probably one of England's, probably up there with Harry Kane's finishing ability, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm It's a shame, really, isn't it? I, I don't see us going in for him if he keeps getting injured and with the price tag that they're going to want for him. Moving on. Uh, last podcast, we spoke a little bit about how Moyes is looking to re- re- rejuvenate the academy of football. And he's looking to pinch highly rated youngsters from other clubs, such as uh, Louis Barry from Aston Villa, who's, who's a very good player. Um, and it looks like we are trying to do the same with Rochdale Saar, Kawodo Bar, I believe it's pronounced. The 18-year-old is out of contract this summer. He was set to join Manchester City on a pre-contract agreement, but that deal has now fallen through and we are looking to hold talks with the players to try and sign him up. Um, I don't know much about him. I've heard good things. And if he go, if he's going into the academy, that can only be a good thing for us, surely. Yeah, and I think the fact that... Is he playing first-team football at Rochdale as well? Um, Believe he is, yeah. Well, if he's playing first team football there, then surely he's, he's League One quality and possibly could step up the championship. So I'd say, I'd say go for it. I'd say bring him in, try and go for it. And you mentioned Louis Barry as well. Uh, we spoke about him last week, and I think being able to poach players away from clubs and being able to set up a proper academy side because this season our academy has not been too, doing too well. No, you say in terms of their league. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I'd say we've got a couple out there. We sort of got Johnson a couple of years ago. We've managed to get Baptiste uh, Longello. At least has gone out on loan. Um, Odebeku, Afaloan. We've got a couple of good youngsters coming through. I would yeah, argue. And in terms of like obviously results in ter- terms of team. I mean, like playing yeah. sort of first team football. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Unless you've got anything else to add on that section, I believe. Uh, no, I've not got anything else. Moving on, I've got a little question for you before yep. we move on to the Manchester United game. Who would your hammer of the year be so far? Good question, mate. Um, it's between two for me. Yeah. So I've got maybe three. So top of my list, I've got uh, Angelo Ogbonna. Yeah. Then I've got Thomas Suchek and then I've got Vladimir Sufal. Yeah, I agree um, with them. I've got a couple of names down here that I'll quickly just tell you. So I've got Sufal, Suchek, Dawson, Rice, Antonio. And I've even slipped in Jesse Lingard because if he does continue to continue with this form, then yeah. I he could definitely be a heavy favourite for it. But um, who would you choose out of your, your three? Um, it's kind of a difficult one. Uh. I'm going to have to say probably Angelo Obama. Yeah. yeah. Despite being injured at the moment, I think he's been been so integral to that defence that we've got. Yeah, I agree. How many games games has he not played? Like one or two, like when he's not been injured. How many games has he not played? One or two? Yeah, I think so. And I think when he has played, he's always been solid at the back. Whoever he's been put with, so Diop, Balbuena, Dawson. I think he just played exceptionally whoever he's been put with. So yeah, for me, hands down, hammer of the year. 
probably followed by Thomas Suchek, who's been just brilliant. He's our top scorer this yeah. year, and he's just been brilliant, especially in that midfield. Yeah, definitely. And Sufal as well is looking like a bargain at 5.5 million ahead of this year. He's been defensively brilliant, even attacking-wise as well. He's kind yeah. of between that right back and right wing back and midfield role, often coming in for Bowen as well. And I think yeah. his direction play for 5.5 million, he has a he's an exceptional talent. And that link to Suchek as well. You can see yeah. that camaraderie between them. We saw it when um Suchek went down. Uh well, sorry, Sufal went down a couple of weeks ago, Thomas rushing to him. And the same yeah. happened against Leeds as well. Yeah. When Suchek went down. And I think that camaraderie between the squad at the moment is for me, I think everyone's been integral part to that team who's playing week in, week out. I think everyone deserves a kind of be hammer of the year. They've all been standing out for me. And I think as well, yeah. you've got Aaron Creswell in that line. That's true. I did forget about Creswell. Yeah, as you said, there's a lot of... I think most of our squad have a shout of being hammer of the year. We've been... 100%. Phenomenal season. And the players have played out of their skins, to be honest. But for me, I would have to say... It's quite close between a couple, but I would say Soufal just edges it for me. Just the impact he's had. We've not had a good right back properly for, for years. The passion he brings, the tackles he goes in for, the work rate, like on the pitch and off the pitch. Like he goes, he, the, like the staff, they joke that he needs to spend more time with his family and kids because he comes in on his days off. Like, I love that. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I, I think, think that, I think that's brilliant. I just think it's yeah, one mood that he's brought to the club. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for Sufal, and you're going to go for Ogbonna. Um Moving on to the Man United game on Sunday, so we travel up to Old Trafford and hopefully looking to get revenge for when they just they knocked us out of the FA Cup the other a couple last month. So. What are your predictions for the game? It's going to be tough, definitely. It's, it's, just going be, I think it's going to be tough, but I think Man United have kind of struggled recently. I think they've had, what, four nil-nil draws in a row, followed it up by that win, exceptional win over City. I thought their performance against Manchester City was brilliant. Yeah, they've not been great recently, but then that win great, over City does that, show... That, that win over City could be the start of something positive. I doubt it. But I, I think it could be a start. They could click. They could easily click. That win could give them so much momentum going forward. Because, but, but the, fact that we, the fact that we're very consistent at the moment and we're delivering good performances as well kind of counteracts that. So I think it's going to be a tough game. I think their weakness is their defence. Their attack's brilliant. But I think it's their weakness is their defence. And I don't think the only weakness really in their attack is Martial. I don't think Martial's not picked all this season. I suppose yeah. Man United fans who think that it should be sold in the summer. I would I agree. Think I don't rate him at all. They're looking at giving Cavani a new contract, maybe. And I yeah. think using Cavani and Greenwood up front could kind of ruin us. And we've seen Greenwood, obviously Greenwood kind of got pushed to the side in the last game, but I think Greenwood's a really good player at yeah. such a tender young age to be playing the football that he is. Don't forget, he sent Mark Noble back to 90-80 because he did a little spin, but he's only scored one goal and Craig Dawson's out scored him. But... I know, but I think he just, he just... I like watching Greenwood play. I'm, I'm going to hold my hands up. I do, up no, I do like Greenwood. I do like Mason Greenwood. I think, and I think he'll be an exceptional talent for years to come. And he's another player who I think will stay at Manchester United for 
quite a bit of period, but I just, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a tough game. Um, their win against City could definitely give them a massive boost against us, which is not not needed at all. But I'm desperate for us to get revenge on them for knocking us out of the cup. And if we obviously want to get that Champions League spot, then we need to win this game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think we've got most players fit and ready. Antonio was exceptional. Um, I think they'll really step it up a gear. Obviously, Lingard can't play, unfortunately. So I think we'll likely see Fornhouse and Ben Rama start together, which is a good thing. Uh, Bowen, might, might, Bowen might get restored to the lineup as well. I'd like to see. Do you know who I'd like to see instead of Fornhouse? Who? And you're going to probably shout at me, Lanzini. No. No? Would you not? No. For that no. pace? Or is that a straight no? Or are you just refusing to budge right. No, no. Okay. Not John's. Fornals was sublime yeah. the other day. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, Fornals did have a brilliant game, to be fair. I do. Lanzini has a special place in my heart for the years he's given to us, but it's just time for him to leave now. Like, Speak, honestly. Speaking of Lanzini as well, I saw a stat last night, and I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, there's only two players in the in yeah, current season who've scored with an XG of 0.01. One of them being Lanzini and the other being Messi, which means that Lanzini is technically... Oh no. Oh no, like I do think it's time for Lanzini to go, but then again, I said that, and I think if we are to get Europa League, then we should potentially keep him for squad depth. But he's definitely one of those squad depth players who can come on. Yeah, at the same time, hmm, he brings you you want to sell him, you want him gone in the summer. I can tell it's not because I don't like him, he's just he brings nothing to us anymore, which is. The shame and the wages he's on. If we could bring in someone, someone who's going to actually do something, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So that's the reason behind it. But yeah, I, I would not start Lanzini against United at all. But um, I think same back line. So Cresswell, Dawson, Diop, Sufal, yeah. Fabianski in goal. Two holdings of Rice and Suchek with let's just say Ben Rama in the middle, and then four nows. Bowen on the wing and Antonio up top and then obviously Fornals and Ben Rama can interchange as they will. I think that's how we'll, we'll line up anyway. I think it's going to definitely be a tough game for us. I'm, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Yeah, Actually, no. A 2-1 West Ham win because I think the boys won't pay back for that, for I'm, that long. I'm, feel, I'm feeling the same, mate. I think our defence is going to stay strong. Which we saw it get to Man United the last time we held up for nearly 100 100 minutes, I think it was, in the FA Cup game. Yeah, no, we were resilient against them. We just couldn't but I think do anything going forward. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw as well. I don't yeah, know who's going to score. I'm, I've changed mine to 2-1 now, so... Okay, fair I enough. think Ben Rama's going to get his first goal at last. Um, and Antonio will get one too. So, fingers crossed we can get three points. That will put us well on track for our Champions League... Debut. <laughs> Yeah, um, we'd have Arsenal the week after, so that would be a good opportunity to consolidate it if we could get anything. Yeah, it's going to be tough, tough game, but fingers crossed the boys can pull out the bag. You got anything else to add, Ethan? No, I think that's everything for me. Yeah, I think quite a lot. We went through a lot today. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Make sure to check out the other podcasts on Spotify. Follow us both on Twitter. Yeah, one thing I have to say, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Yeah, I'm living at the tension life. Don't need your acceptance, I got the ball and I run with it like I'm getting close. Got the ball and I run with it like I'm getting close.